Welcome to All About HR. I'm your host, Tom Horn, and I'm on a journey to learn about all things HR. I'm documenting my conversations with thought leaders, HR professionals, and real employees about everything from recruiting, workplace of the future, benefits, you name it. We're all about HR. Let's go. Welcome back to All About HR. We are kicking off season four. I cannot believe I've made it four seasons. We have made it four seasons, but here we are. This is a really special episode for, for a variety of reasons. One, I just told you, season four. Didn't think we'd get here. Number two, I am recording live at a beautiful resort, sitting poolside. <laughs> and three, who's sitting next to me, is Claire Stroh, is live in person with me at the Interlochen Omni Resort in Broomfield, Colorado. I am so excited to be doing this live. So excited to finally meet Claire. So I'll do a quick intro so she can talk. Most of you know Claire, some of you may not. She is currently Director of Technology Talent Management at Lighthouse Technology Services, President and CEO of Claire's Coaching. She has used LinkedIn Twitter to build a personal brand and uncover new opportunities for herself and the company she's worked for. She's passionate about helping others do the same. Currently on the board of the Buffalo Niagara Human Resources Association, member of SHRM's Young Professional Advisory Council, and was named a 2022 HR Impact Award winner by Buffalo Business First. Claire, two feet away from me, welcome to All About HR. Wow, thank you so much, Tom. Yeah, obviously it's, I feel like I've known you forever. So coming and like sitting here next to you recording this, I'm just like, hey, how you doing? Like we just talked on the phone. So it's like, I've known you forever, but this is beautiful. So, so glad I was in town and we could do this in person. Yeah, we'll paint the picture. There's multiple pools, kids, families, cocktails being drank all around us. Sunshine. Mm. Yeah, Good it's vibes. beautiful. We're in Denver, so there's a thunderstorm rolling in. So uh, hopefully we can finish this podcast <laughs> before that happens. Yes. You know, this really is, I saw Steve Brown on Twitter has been really reposting about the power of the HR community hashtag and kind of reinventing that. And I've retweeted and recommitted myself because I mean, this community's massive and it's massively yeah. important like i met you two years ago on twitter we're face to face for the first time ever and it does feel like we've been friends for for as long as i can remember it does yeah i love the online hr community i can't say enough about it yeah it's a it's a real genuine community so if you're listening to this and you're not following hr community hashtag i would stump for that big ups for steve brown uh, for pushing that lately, and uh, for, I guess that hashtag literally has put Claire and I sitting at the same table here. Yeah, hashtag HR community. I try to use it in everything I post, so I recommend everyone does that too. Use it so other people can find you and you can make new friends. Hashtags only work when you use them. Yes. Just like your HR and TA teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to give Claire a huge shout out. We recorded a podcast in May and I had technical difficulties and blew the whole thing. It just, I don't even know, I can't even tell you what happened. I was been so embarrassed about that. And for Claire to handle it so politely, nicely, and generously, and to spend more time having to talk with me, uh, really thankful, Claire. Thank you for, uh, for doing this twice. I feel like the universe had its plans, though. I don't know if I had my two weeks to be in Denver planned yet when the audio went wrong. So it was meant to be. We could do it in person now, which is even better. Yeah, I was dreading asking you to come back and do it. When I saw you were in Denver, I was like, oh, I got to meet Claire. We got yeah. we, we to pull this thing off. 
So, you know, talking about the HR community, I saw, I met somebody new this week, which I think is important to talk about. There's, it's not the same. It's a fluid group. There's always new people uh, joining. But I chatted with Matt uh, Meadows uh, from WorkStory two days ago, or I guess last, a couple days ago. What a really, really cool guy. And I was going through Twitter before this, and I saw you had connected. And I didn't realize, you know, he seems very new on it, but yep. he's really connected with a lot of people quickly. Yeah. Matt's great. And you're right, power of the HR community. One day I just saw he followed me. I followed him back. I sent him a DM. I was just like, hey, what are you doing? Looks like you're building something cool. Let's hop on a call. And we had a Zoom call, got introduced. I'm actually going to be reaching back out to him. I think I could use his product for some of my clients. But yeah, we just chit-chatted on the dreaded annual performance review. Everybody can relate to that. And yeah, love what he's building and glad he's part of the online HR community and making more friends. So yeah, great guy. Seems to be doing it the great way. And I agree. It's funny, just the performance management offshoot here, but everyone does the performance management that Jack Welch built for GE. And somehow every company, whether you're 10 people, whether you're in a completely different industry, is using the exact thing that was built for a giant company like GE. And it does work in a lot of use cases, but it's not the de facto cornerstone performance management. And yeah. I think there's enough people talking about it. But I really like uh, Matt and WorkStory's percept. This is turning into a commercial, but I like their. <laughs> but I, I again, he'll I, be I, fine with it. Yeah, right. Yeah, he'll be fine with it. Sorry if you're in performance management competing. You know, we love you too. But I do think the idea of continuous uh, feedback loops yeah. are where it's at today. Yeah. Not just sitting down and killing managers with three weeks of hell, doing hours and hours of performance management on top of their work mostly based on what they most remember from probably the last month or two, but really continuous. I think it's a great space, whether it's Matt's company or not. I think that's where it's at. Yeah, I agree. Even as an HR person, I remember having to do my annual review for like my CHRO. And I was like, wow, I would have loved to be prompted more throughout the year and not have to have kept my own notes on the side or whatever. So anyways, yes, love what Matt's doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny you mentioned that. Like, I definitely remember one year just not trusting my manager and just taking notes of all the good stuff I did because I was like, there is no way any of this is going to get recognized. And like, I have to like now counter the performance review with my own review. You have to. I teach my team that now. Everyone who reports to me, we have Microsoft planners set up and I'm like, you keep track of all your stuff because it's been drilled into my head over the years. You have to have your accomplishments and stuff ready to go like at all times because other people will forget. So I think it's on you to track it, but yeah, it would be nice to have a nice platform like Matt's to help you out. So yes, yeah. track your accomplishments. <laughs> yeah, and it's something we stump for it's all the time. It's like empowering HR. Make sure you always have a business case mm-hmm. for what you're doing. Make sure you always have a business case for ROI on what you're doing. Yep. HR is always on the left side of the line. Oh, you're not a revenue generator. You're a profit generator. You control so much profit for companies, big or small, by what you do and the people you bring on and the process you have. So make sure you have those accomplishments. Make sure you know how to talk about them, whether it's performance review or not. Yeah, and if you need help tracking or planning those, you just let me know because I'm very organized. Got some tools up my sleeve to keep track. Yes, you do. If there's one thing I know about Claire, she is organized. (laughs) And you have to be, and I want to kind of get into everything and everything you're doing. Um, But everyone gets the first official question all about HR. What are you listening to right now? Mm, Right now, EDM and dance music. So that's kind of always my favorite. 
but I recently went to a show in Pittsburgh to see Elenium, so one of my Ooh, favorite Elenium. DJs. He's incredible. Um, and then William Black was an opener for him as well. They're both really, really good. So anyways, if you're into EDM um, and need William Black or Elenium Rex, let me know. But Deep End and Deep Blue are both very good. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the first word deep leading off must, I don't know. <laughs> you signifying for something in that industry. I mean, that's EDM, right? Like you got to go deep. You're like, right. That must be like what it is. It's not really surface level music. Yeah. But if you can go deep with it, you can kind of get a layer down. Like there's a lot going on. Definitely. So those two songs are awesome. And then podcast wise, I love Case Kenny. Um, his podcast is New Mindset Hootist. So he's big on Instagram um, as well as his podcast on on Apple and Spotify. But um, he does really quick 15, 20 minute episodes, which I love mindset tips typically. So new perspective on things, a lot of relationship um, advice, but I can always take that into other aspects of my life. So real good. I like him. Absolutely. Everything's mm-hmm. layered. There's not, I always say yeah. this, there's not work and play. Yeah. They should both be intertwined. There's not, this is how I manage my work. My rela- Everything's transferable. So I love that you said that. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Moving on down our uh, our train here, man, it's beautiful out today. It I'm just so cooled distracted. off. It just dropped like ten degrees. I'm I'm like absolutely loving sitting here right now. <laughs> but let's talk about work. Uh, Lighthouse Technology. What's your role there? What are you doing? Tell us a little bit about your work life. Yes. So I currently lead a team of five. So at Lighthouse, we do tech recruiting as well as IT managed services. So I lead the recruiting team, and then I have a co-director on the services side who meets with small to medium-sized businesses and does their outsource help desk, server monitoring, et cetera. So my team of five were awesome, of course. I have four folks that specialize really in the recruiting side. Um, so working with candidates to source, screen, and submit, essentially. And then I have one HR specialist. So she onboards all those awesome people that we recruit, um, checks in with them during their assignments. I use the word assignments because we are mainly in the tech consulting space. So folks that we recruit and hire are on our W-2, but they're doing some awesome sort of IT upgrade project or something like that for a client of ours in the community. So yeah, our HR specialist works with them um, during the duration of their time with us. So yeah, I essentially lead tools, technology team process for talent acquisition. It's super fun. I love it. I just had a epiphany listening to you talk about the roles in your organization. And it's something I talk about a lot, but you know, you have TA that's bringing in top talent. You have hiring managers that are essentially a client that have to manage the top talent. Yes. And then you got the talent that's smashed in between the two. But that's why onboarding and having focused onboarding is so important. Because that handoff, so many companies don't do that handoff. They go from the interview process to just straight hiring manager. And it's like this cultural 180. Yeah. And I felt that, you know, in some of my jobs, I'm like, I know this is what the company feels like. And then when I get on board, I'm like, whoa, this feels totally different. And I don't know, is that your experience? Is that why you have those roles? Like to help bridge that gap? I've never really thought about that clearly, but that seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a really good point, especially in the contract and consulting type work. There's information we're sharing about working with us and then information they need to know about their specific client or project they're about to join. So yeah, our HR specialist has a really important job of one, keeping all of that straight. So certain clients have requirements in terms of their background checks or whatever that are different from everybody else's. Their paperwork, we do a lot of remote work too. So different states require different things as we all know, fun work being HR pros. But yeah, her communication is top notch. So it's definitely needed to 
obviously help people get ready and get started on the right foot, especially working remote. There's like so much you gotta take in and prepare for um, before you start a new assignment. So that kind of setup's been working well for us. So kind of once that offer is accepted, she takes it over and starts that um, communication with them. So sends the offer letter all the way through till their first day, doing their I-9, all of that, and then checks in with them periodically um, while they're there just to see how things are going. So That's great. That, yeah. That's essential. That's essential stuff. Yep, it really is. That, that should be basics. Maybe be we're honest. outliers here, but that <laughs> sounds pretty essential to me. So you're in talent acquisition. That is just such a, it's my favorite group of people. If you listen to the podcast, you've heard me. I love it. I love watching TA people uh, on Twitter and LinkedIn. And a lot of people are like, Tom, you should be in talent acquisition. And my response is like, I love it, but I see what you guys post all day. Like, it's a like it's a bullfight out there right now. Why is it so hard? That's a great question. I mean, everyone has opinions, so that definitely makes it hard. I think for me, so we have really good. Yeah, in your perspective, yeah. I don't ask you to solve the, the world you. here. Yes, yes. Like, I do want to. This is Claire's perspective. I'm asking for. Yes. Her. So for me and my team. Recruiting, luckily, is not the issue. So we have good tools, we have good recruiters, we get good submittals in. So that's awesome. The part that keeps me up at night that makes it so hard is then once those candidates hit the hiring manager's laps, desks, whatever you want to say. So once that submittal kind of happens, it's that relationship with them. Every hiring manager is so different. Obviously, all my recruiters have different styles too, but it's like once it gets to them, then we really need to turn into those consultants where it's like, how are we going to work this process? What would you prefer? What does your calendar allow? Try to coach them, obviously, on conducting their interviews if they're newer to doing that. There's so many variables that then happen when the hiring manager comes into play. So that's definitely a challenge and yeah a lot of what we're seeing like posts out there right now on twitter and linkedin is all these differences between i think recruiters and hiring managers that's a lot of what i'm seeing is like the difficulty sometimes of working together um so yeah there's obviously a lot of different ways to go about it but that's i don't think it's ever going to be like a solved problem but i guess going back to those essentials or basics it's it's like marketing and sales they're always going to have their different perspectives like there's better versions, there's worse versions, but at the end of the day, like, it's always going to be some sort of coming together and compromise and give and take and push and pull because of just the different goals, responsibilities, and angles. Definitely. So I think just like those basics kind of of onboarding we just talked about, so communication and preparation and things like that, there are obviously some basics for this too in terms of interaction with your hiring managers but then like you said differing expectations personalities it kind of runs wild from there but that's what keeps it fun and yeah i love being a coach in the space so gotta coach your managers if it's going to be a good kind of ta process so podcast slash game show pitch here Mm. we get ta and hiring managers have them debate and compete against each other first part is like a debate where we ask questions and they debate who's right and who's wrong and then the other maybe we like have them do like some like physical challenges like double dare versus each other i feel like it's like perfect groups to debate and oppose each other in a game show or debate setting can i add a second layer to that please okay so my second layer would be i would start with that for sure 
And then once we're all like heated up and like against each other, yeah. round two is actually pairs of a hiring manager and a recruiter versus another hiring manager and a recruiter. Yes. Because then you can actually And then come they together. come together. Yes. Yes. Yeah, see, and I, I think- was agitating and you're like bringing it back to like, like, let's agitate, let's get it out and then come back together. Yes. Yeah. I like that. That it's, would be a lot of fun. I think some of my managers would like that. They would enjoy that first part of telling me everything that they don't like to do that I make them do and all these things for sake of candidate experience and whatever else. But then yes. once we're together, they'd be like, you're actually a really good partner. I think that's what they would yeah. say. Yeah. See, it, there is a happy ending. <laughs> there in TA is. And hiring manager. I want to I talk about, it seems like you just following you from Twitter, uh, LinkedIn and social and Claire's coaching. Seems like you have three jobs. You're speaking, you're doing a lot of Sherm things, you've got Lighthouse, you've got Claire's coaching. How do you do it all? I'm going to ask you a two-part question. It's like not what you're supposed to do in podcasting, but A, how do you do it all? And then where are you focusing on most outside of your work, your Lighthouse technology work? Outside of Lighthouse, yeah. Yeah, I love this because 2023 has really been my year of no, which I'm not good at saying no. I'm definitely a people pleaser. I like to pack my schedule for yeah, the sake of my mental health and whatever because I can't turn down any opportunities. So for one, this year I've gotten really good at identifying other members of my team to send various speaking engagements or community volunteer events to. So that's really helped me better do it all this right. year so really glad i'm finally working on Editing. that yeah it was terrible More at first yeah because i was like oh my god what if this is the opportunity that you know that was my mindset for everything but then you get better at obviously weighing those out so and other people really like to you know they need to build their skill sets and stuff too so that's been good but again a lot of planning a lot of organization a lot of notebooks online tools microsoft planner to do trello boards all the things so staying very organized um and the biggest piece i love right now that i'm spending a lot of time on probably is my sherm work i guess i'll call it sherm work because my local hr community is affiliated with sherm Mm -hmm. um but really my role i've gotten to create it and do what i want to do with it so as the college relations and emerging professionals Uh, chair or whatever we don't have to do events as part of our role it's usually what the programming or professional development chair does on the board Um, but because I just love events and I've kind of come from that background I made events part of my position so I spend a lot of time on my HR emerging professional learning series which shameless plug we have September and October events booked and our speakers are awesome they're all on zoom um, and we do 101 type topics so I remember being an HR student. I had three very generic HR classes on culture, and I don't even remember what else because I definitely didn't use them on the job. Um, So I talked to a lot of HR students now that are in a similar boat, and they would love a deep dive into all the different aspects of HR that there are. So we've done Talent Acquisition 101, Learning and Development 101, Workers' Comp and Safety. Um, September, we're doing Mergers and Acquisitions 101 for the first time. That's something I haven't even really worked in as an HR pro. So I would have loved to learn as a student, like, what does it mean to work in HR, like an M&A and like support that? So, um, so yeah, I love event planning and love helping HR emerging professionals get connected to meaningful learning opportunities and then how to grow their networks and of course get started in the field. So sometimes that's differentiating yourself in the job market, things like that. Yeah, I, I love that point you bring about one on one. It goes back to that old phrase like everything I learned, everything I needed to learn, I learned in kindergarten. Is you know, I learned from Lori Rudiman's book that 
I'm a generalist, and I've always hated that I'm a generalist. I don't, I'm kind of wide, but not deep. Yeah. And the way I've been able to do that is because I always am deep on the fundamentals, the 101s. Know your 101s. Get wide on your 101s. Because when you have that, then you can cover a lot of ground and you can build up, whether it's at this vertical or that vertical. If you have that strong base, um, you can go up at any point you need to. So I love that focus on 101s. I think that's not talked about enough. And I think if you're somebody that's emerging and going into it, embrace the 101s. It's not an insult. It's not that you don't know enough. Even if you know your stuff, go back to the 101s. Because one of the best things I learned in college, a professor told me was, there's a huge difference between being familiar with a topic and knowing a topic. And the delta of that difference will define how good you are at what you do. And I think a lot of people out there are going, oh, what it was, I got this, I've been in HR forever. I guarantee you can go and pull, I don't know, five, 10 nuggets out of any of those type of courses. So I just love that focus. You really touched on something that, that I'm passionate about too. Yeah. And you just brought up a good point that I don't just see students and emerging professionals at my events. I actually started seeing more experienced HR pros who just uh, awesome. don't work in that area every day. So they want a refresher on M&A or talent acquisition or whatever. Um, so that's been really rewarding too, to see the HR community come out to a 101 event and you know, not have that kind of thought hold them back of like, oh, I've been in HR forever. They're like, yeah. nope, I could use a refresh on this. So, yeah. I'm learning tennis and it's, you know, I'm <laughs> learning all these new shots, but I always have to come back to like, I need to just work on my forehand and my backhand. There you so go. All this other nuts goes away. I need to make sure that base, that one-on-one tennis is always there. Sorry. Uh, a lot that. of tangents hanging you. out in our country club environment over here today. <laughs> I'd yeah, I would love to play tennis soon. Maybe after this we'll get out. All right, it is time for the HR hot sauce. It's 90 degrees out, perfect weather for this one with Claire. Claire, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, let's go. What is the best job you ever had? Best job I ever had was working at the SPCA, so my local animal shelter. Had cats and dogs every day, can't beat it. To carry your pets. What's the one phrase at work that drives you nuts? Hit the ground running. I've heard that five times a day from every hiring manager I work with. So let's get a little bit more creative here, people. That's a total HM statement. <laughs> Do you like working on rainy or sunny days? I would say rainy because if it's sunny, I can't stay in my chair. So no work happens. Ditto. How can someone make your day at work? Well, I would say just letting me know how they're doing and like if I help them with anything. So it makes my day when someone comes to me and says something you shared was really helpful. Something like that. Awesome. Best useless skill? Tom, I'm type A. I don't know. I'm going to 100% accept that. <laughs> that makes all the sense. Mild, medium, hot, or nuclear? Mild, but I would say like nothing at all. I can't do any level of spice. It's terrible, unfortunately. Mild it is. Yep. Favorite interview question to ask or be asked? I would say, what do you like to do for like professional development or to keep yourself fresh? Um, I always learn about new groups and resources from people, so um, it's fun just kind of swapping ideas and tools and stuff like that. Final question, favorite song to bring you out of a funk? I've really been into the band with confidence, so they have a song called We'll Be Okay. So recently that's been my jam. Sweet, we'll we will okay. look it up, yeah. add it to our list. Mm -hmm. We're done with HR Hot Sauce. Back to the conversation. <laughs> so with your focus, you know, I know you focus on developing, you know, emerging leaders, junior staff. I don't know how you want, 
however you want to phrase that. Mm-hmm. But how do you help coach them? How do you help people kind of get into the job market and then upskill from there? So let's start your TA person. People are trying to join the job market straight out of college or make a transfer from their jobs. You know, what are some of the common mistakes? What are some of the things that they should most focus on that, that you speak to in your coaching? Mm, yes. So one of my favorite talks I've been doing lately for um, New York State Sherm, New York, New York City Sherm as well, my first time doing it with them this year, but oh, cool. it's called um, Elevate and Uplift the Next Generation of HR Leaders. So this could work, I guess, for any college grad, but I take the HR perspective just because those are my people. I want to help them graduate and get into the field. Um But yeah, I talk a lot in that about, of course, getting your materials dialed in, your resume and all of that. Um, But then more of like that networking, relationship building and the professional development stuff. So I still consider myself a young professional. I still get imposter syndrome. We all do. I don't think age or experience like really impacts that sometimes. Um, But especially with students, like building your library of just context around things and that could be just from talking to someone at a networking event or taking a more formal class or a LinkedIn learning or a SHRM event or something just gives you so much more to bring to the table next time you're in a conversation or an interview or something like that so I still get asked as a young professional like you look like you could be my daughter like how did you get this job and I still get those comments sometimes so to be able to quickly have a response to that um or i've been asked in an interview like you haven't done this exact work like what would you do or whatever and i can confidently say you're right i haven't done that exact work but here's the course i've taken on it here's the person i've talked to in my network about it so here's what i do know am i on the right track like how do we do it here at this company and if you're confident and you can turn it into a conversation and keep going like that skill alone has helped me a lot and I talk to and work with a lot of students now where their canned answer is no I don't know that but I can learn or I'm eager to learn I'm like that's a great part one to that but also like you want to have something you can add to that so keeping that focus on personal professional development really does help you combat a lot of um, just unknown situations again just having context to pull from so I feel like I kind of went off on a tangent there but preparing to get into the workforce from school um, you have to focus a lot on learning uh, and meeting people and having conversations. That's how you'll learn better, I think. And it's never been easy. I mean, if you know how to do it, which is what you do in your coaching, it's never been easier. There's tools. Yeah. You can find hashtags and follow them. HR community. Good pick. You can, you can follow newsletters on any topic in HR, any topic in any industry, in any vertical, and have it delivered to you straight to your inbox but knowing where to go how much is too much what's important what's not that's where the coaching i think really really helps out because just because there's a lot of resources doesn't mean it's easy there are a lot of resources but understanding what and how to balance those is important yes and if i can do a quick plug I do have a post on my blog called My Favorite HR Resources for Students and Emerging Professionals. And that's exactly why I made that post because I just got a lot of questions of like, where should I start? What are some core kind of places I can learn those fundamentals and things? So once I get asked a question like two or three times, I'm like, it's got to go in a blog because I can't (laughs) re-type this out more than three times. It'll drive me nuts. But um, you're right. Just having that place to go to start, um, sometimes it's just not knowing where to start. So I love helping people get connected and then they can find some good stuff from there. It's like, it's, it's like how I describe surveys. It's not rocket science. Anyone can go do it. But knowing how to do it and understanding the nuances are where the value really is. All right, so you're coming out. You're, you're building your market. You're learning. 
do's and don'ts, cover letter, resume. Mm. And this is like, you know, this is a broad one. So I'm asking you specifically here again. That's why you're on the podcast. But uh. like, what do you do? What do you don't do? I saw someone post the other day. They're like, stop making everything so fancy. Make it simple. Make it easy to read. Make it easy to digest. Like, I don't know. What do you coach your clients, your partners, and, and, and emerging professionals? What do you coach them to do with resumes? And then what's your opinion on cover letter? That's a good question. And my answer, I feel like I'll expand on it. But my first answer, my first gut is I coach people to do what feels good and authentic to them. So, like, I have a template that works really well for me. Right. But other people have, like, tried to use it or put their info in it. And they, it doesn't help them speak to their accomplishments or keep themselves organized and things. So that's why I work with all my clients on like every recruiter and hiring manager you talk to is going to have a different preference on format. So let's just get the content dialed in. If the content describes you well, it's good and authentic to you. There's so many different templates out there for resumes and cover letters. So we really do focus on getting the content dialed in. And then we turn to those more what I call like value generating activities like LinkedIn and networking and things like that. I find folks like first instincts is to keep tweaking the resume, changing the format, changing the font, changing this. And I'm like, nope, let's get the content done. Let's describe you well. Let's get confident on how to like share about that in an interview. And then let's move on to those more value added activities. So I don't think I've heard him fast tips on like, you know, what exactly to do with your resume, but obviously it just has to describe you well and have good content. I feel like if you're giving advice in this space, you can't just give the tips because of what you just said like Everyone's yes different. there's a base but you have yeah. to have it be your be expressive of who you are and what you're trying to do yeah and then the cover letter thing yeah do you read them do you require them don't require them okay cool. i rarely get them um but as a recruiter i will say i always go to the resume first but i will look for a cover letter or any type of additional attachments that were included with the application if i'm left unclear about something oh okay so, again, so it's a clarifying yeah so that's what i work with my um you know clients on too so if it's going to be unclear to the recruiter why you're applying either it could be anything your location's different you're transitioning to a different industry whatever you need to describe kind of why you're a good fit for the role um then we'll make one but again i don't have a hard and fast template like for that either it's just like what do we really need to get to to help your case but just providing one to provide one with generic i'm interested in this job like isn't necessary yeah. it doesn't help your case so yeah it depends on if you need one to help explain any unanswered questions all right so that that's a question i struggle with is like is it the same three paragraphs you're supposed to do? I want this job because of X. This is what I'm doing. And I'm really looking forward to the next. Like, That's what it was always kind of coached. But I love your idea that if you're writing a cover letter, make sure it clarifies your intentions. Do you care if it's in like a super formalized format? Like do TA I people... Don't. Do you think TA people look at that? Like I don't know. We can't or is it go really, there, what's Tom? the output? It's too general. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. For me, I'm pretty informal. So I like when people are like speaking to me as the yeah. reader. Like that's how I try to write too. Yeah. In, in my materials and in my LinkedIn and stuff is like using I, speaking to who I think my reader is going to be and bringing my authentic personality and voice through to that. So again, that's what I like to work with my clients on because I want them to feel good about it. I don't want them to feel like they're trying 
or pretending to be something they're not, like some buttoned up version of themselves or whatever. Like it's not how they would talk in their cover letter or something right. like that. So we try to find that balance. Of course, we're not like, hey, hiring manager. We're still like using appropriate language and things like that. But yeah. and we'll always reiterate our interest if we're going to do a cover letter. But yeah, we'll focus on, like you said, the intention. So if you're moving to a certain area, you know, in a certain time frame, or, you know, if it's a new position that you don't already have something similar on your resume, we're going to touch on those key skills or experiences that are transferable that they're looking for in the job description that you have from a past experience. So yeah, just making it a little bit more clearer if, you know, your resume isn't, you know, kind of what they're looking for now, if kind of what you're doing isn't what they're looking for now. So I think you tied a bunch of things we're talking together in what you just said is, and it was a subtle uh, piece that you said, but work appropriate, that you want to bring your full self to your resume and speak in your voice, but that doesn't mean wearing like a guar costume to the interview. That doesn't mean like having like black paper with like all this wild stuff on, that there are business 101 pieces that shouldn't take away for who you are, but is a pretty common alignment with just business practices as well. Like, do you have to coach that? Like, do most people seem to get it? You know, what's that What's that spread look like? I would say, I just did a workshop for recent high school graduates that are be, gonna be going into like apprenticeship type work. And so at that level, sometimes a college graduate level too, I don't see that they're automatically getting it. But they seem to get it more when I describe it as communicate and behave in a way that like you're proud of that a future employer if they saw that about you or read that about you like you would be you would be proud of that and you would you know it's something that you're again communicating and behaving in a way that's going to help you in your career advancement help you attract opportunities so when I phrase it that way they seem to get it because I try not to do those like hard and fast tips like wear the suit or do this or do that but when I explain it that way where it's like your reputation your personal brand I try to intro them to that topic a little bit is just how you behave and communicate and are you doing it in a way that's going to help your career grow are you on LinkedIn specifically because that's what I talk about a lot like posting and sharing things again that are just relevant to your career so you might not want to post something about a concert unless maybe you're an AV engineering student then it might be relevant to you so like I have to give them a couple examples like that Um, but that's really where I like to leave it they seem to get the picture that way instead of me using the words like be professional or something like that because that's different to everybody so yeah I think this resonates I think we start telling people what to do and how to do and what's yes or no and you get into the right wrong category you lose people you lose audience it's not actionable because that's different different scenarios and I, I really like your approach that's more broad it, it just makes more sense and is gonna help more people I feel like than trying to give them a list of do's and don'ts yeah and I've been trying to limit my usage of the word professional too because I know there's a lot of bias wrapped up in that word and I'm sure we've all heard as TA professionals managers giving us feedback that they're passing on a candidate because they weren't professional and the amount of times we have to dig into that with them yes what was that was it how they looked was it how they communicated whatever and then we need to usually do some further coaching on that but um yeah so I don't even love doing the like dress professionally I have kind of changed it in my presentations to like in a way that feels good and authentic to you are you um preparing and representing yourself for that job that you want yeah. what is that job gonna have to be wearing or doing on like, a daily basis i wouldn't basis? even know what to wear in an interview now like do i wear like <laughs> a collared shirt i would imagine at least a collared shirt but like 
I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know what the right answer is anymore. Like, there isn't one other than be true to yourself, be, be aligned with what you're trying to align with. Yes, and just feel like you're putting your best foot forward. So for yeah. me, that's always erring on the side of being a little overdressed. But that makes me yeah. feel better than worrying about the opposite. So everyone's threshold yeah. of that could be different. I agree. So I think a lot of what we're talking about is confidence. And I saw in your blog post, like empowering people with confidence. Do what you do with confidence. Post with confidence. Go learn with confidence. Like bringing that confidence. You know, you said in your post, the universe never says no. It's either yes or not yet, or something is better on the way. So tell me a little bit more about how you talk about confidence, because I think that's one of the biggest things that people do look for. Are you confident in who you are? Are you confident in what you're doing? So how do you help coach people to bring that confidence forward early in their career or as they're out looking uh, for positions? Yeah, I think I've just learned over the years that, again, cliche statement, but no one's a better like advocate for yourself than you, or like you really have to know um yourself and your accomplishments again like inside and out and be able to speak to it if you want to again attract those new opportunities and things like that so another post i have actually similar to that is confidently writing about yourself and i've had um i've helped a couple friends recently when they've had to apply for promotions and there's so much language in there that's like disclaimers and things like right. this might not be a good idea, but it's like no one listens to any or reads anything yeah. after that disclaimer. So I take that out. Things like I believe I'm good at, I take that out. I'm good at. So I love working with people on like understanding them in their stories yeah. and what they do and then writing about it. Anyways, not to get on a tangent, but commonly writing about yourself is like a whole separate skill, I feel like. That's my jam. I love to write. Um, so that's a whole thing that I love to help people with. Um, but just some tips there. If you have any language like that, consider taking it out. You probably don't need it. Um, but yeah, just keeping yourself like confident in this environment. If you're, I guess, looking for a job specifically or applying for a promotion, I'd say a few of my favorite things to say on that are one having some sort of support system so whatever that means to you I'm very right. I need those external like forces um me too yeah HR community yep HR community <laughs> I need a lot I love like hugs and reassurance I need listening ears so like I love doing that for other people too um, but a support system of some sort, whoever those people are to you, friends, family, etc., um, helps keep me confident. Having a life, of course, outside of whatever this priority is right now. So I know sometimes looking for a new job really does take up all of your time and kind of define who you are to a sense. But um, staying true and making time for, again, going back to planning things I love to do and that re-energize me. Um, helps me stay confident to go back to the search and then again that professional and personal development that's probably the biggest one for me if I'm like staying right. on top of those trends and what people are doing in my community and supporting them and yeah attending events and learning things I'm much better when I get to an interview right. those types of things motivate and energize me but again also give me cool information to pull from if I get a question I'm not sure about or whatever, being able to say, I was just at this cool event with all these HR people. Here's what we were talking about. Um, yeah, the more like knowledge I'm armed with helps me feel confident. I think this is a perfect place to kind of tie everything together and end is, you know, your your sense of well-being as you're going through looking for a job, changing career, merging into a career, applying, going through all this. Like there's a lot here as we've illustrated, but when we first talked, it was May was mental, uh, mental Health Awareness Month. And I think 
taking care of yourself and having that well-being is essential to doing everything on the back end. It's not as direct, yeah. but the outcomes of being able to be confident and, and bringing your full self, I think, really are direct You know, from, from taking care of yourself. So in tying all this together, kind of what you're doing, how do you help people focus on taking care of themselves? Actually, I'm going to ask that a different way. How do you take care of your well-being with your three, what feels like three <laughs> jobs, with everything you're doing, uh, with being a type A? I know my, my sisters are both type A. My mom was type A. A lot of my friends are type A. Like, it's a lot of work. It's exhausting. Yes. How can you, like, how do you find your well-being? And then maybe talk about how you, how you would coach other people to find their well-being and their balance. I found for me, again, staying organized is something I really need. Having goals of any kind, I found helps me and a lot of the people I work with as well. I feel like we're very goal-directed organisms. There's probably some sort of scientific study on that yeah. somewhere. Um, I don't love science and data and things like that, but I love that having something to work towards, again, I think really helps your whole sense of well-being because you need that sense of purpose and things like that. So some sort of goal for me, even sometimes during the day, it's just to unload the dishwasher and walk the dog. And if all those things get highlighted in my planner, I'm like, I've had a great day. Like, I'm so productive. So it doesn't have to be the biggest thing ever. Um, But having goals, uh, making sure to hold time for yourself. So being a leader of people, too, at work. Every Monday at 4 o'clock is Zoom therapy. It is blocked. I hold that time. I do not come in. I do not move it for any reason that is work-related. And I tell my team, when I onboard someone new to my team, I show them my calendar. Um, So I encourage them to do the same. I'm like, if you have this thing you really need to stick to to take care of yourself, like, just let us know. Let me know. Like, hold to it and then communicate it to others as well so they can support you. Um, So very lucky to be in a work environment where that is, um, you know, appreciated and talked about. I know that's not the case everywhere. And then again, just like fatigue is real, especially being type A. So I love to control everything. So sometimes the stress is brought (laughs) upon myself and I can tire myself out from using all this energy on, you know, thinking about things and planning things and whatever. So yeah, just scheduling again, those breaks and things that do re-energize and re-excite me is helpful. Yeah, I'm a type B or C or definitely not an A. I'm I'm another letter. But actually building out time for me is massive. And I'm always on the go, but in a totally different way. But when I make it a point to have time for me, it makes such a huge difference. I went into a gym yesterday for the first time in a year. I usually run on my own. I I do a million things. I'm active. You're always outdoors. But like, I just felt like I was like not consistent and I was having trouble so literally on a whim, I just went to a gym and signed up yesterday. Out of the, I didn't even know what I was doing it when I woke up in the morning. And I had a workout and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I feel great. And just the empowerment of like doing something different, realizing that what I was doing wasn't not working, but it wasn't fully working. Yeah. And just trying something new for myself just made such a difference. And doing something physical for myself, whether it's a walk, mm-hmm. whether it's just anything, going outside nature. When I'm really stressed, I just take a walk down the path by the creek and I come back feeling better. So, you know, th- that's my two cents. I totally agree with you on the login, but doing something physical, it doesn't have to be hard, but also just like realize what's working and not working for yeah. you and just making a change and, and, and make it little. Like it, none of this is rocket science. None of this is definitive, but I think it's like having that awareness of where you're at and just being open to making a change. Like I didn't 
strive to make a change. I fell into making a change. And I, I think it's because I was open to it. Yeah. And, and I'd say that's a big piece of advice I give people on well-being is don't limit yourself. Like, be open. Just go to a different restaurant. Like, walk a different route in your neighborhood. Those little things will get your endorphins going, will get your brain shooting out that serotonin and make you feeling better. I'm so glad you just shared that because I personally needed to hear that. (laughs) I'm not a very, like, on the whim type of person going to go sign up for the gym today, but that was really inspiring. I am not either. I, I did it. Yeah, I, that's true. I, so I need yeah, to, you can I need to change things up yeah. a little bit more. That might, yeah, get those creative juices flowing and everything. So it's a good point. Like I was like, am I going to get Claire to come record with me again? And I was like, let's just meet somewhere. I don't even know where. Let's just do it. I just did it. I just, this was a good spot. I just texted you out of nowhere. Yeah, we ended in a good spot. And uh, as we've been podcasting, uh, I guess there's an airport somewhere over a hill I can't see that was making a lot of noise. But this thunderstorm has come in and cooled off and... We have not gotten rained on, so, I mean, what a perfect afternoon. This is great, Claire. This has been awesome. This is fun. How much longer are you in Denver? Another week. Another week? Yes. Oh, so you'll see a couple more thunderstorms. I will, yeah. (laughs) You seeing any EDM or music while you're here? Music, yes. I'm actually going to see the main for their self-titled album release show. Ooh. So that's happening while I'm here. It's at the Fillmore. Oh, yeah. That place is fun. Yeah, love the main and Real Friends is opening for them, so that's another band that I love. Um, so no EDM, yeah. but definitely oh, doing definitely some music while I'm here. You should check out the bar crawl on Colfax, which is where uh, the Fillmore is. There are some class old school bars. There's some real interesting places to get into in that part of Denver. So okay. I would tell you explore. That sounds fun. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this even cooler meeting you will probably talk longer in this podcast once we stop this but uh before we wrap it up where can people find you we'll put links to some of the uh we'll put links to all this we'll put links to some of the blog posts and resources you've spoken to but go ahead and say it where can people find you yes find me at claireiscoaching.com so that's the anchor to everything my twitter and linkedin and all of that is linked right to the site. But yeah, I'm really proud of my blog there. I do love it. Creating and curating resources. I know you love doing that too. Pretty much everybody in the HR community is great it at that. It kind of happens. Yeah. So I love putting things together to help my network. So um, definitely check out my site. You can find me and contact me there. Claire, it's been a pleasure. We are off and running. Season four, all about HR. Great first episode. We're going to go get some pool drinks. We will see you all down the road. Welcome back. Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. People Elements Employee Experience and Engagement Solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at peopleelement.com.